Welcome to the Vood Church Podcast. Today, Pastor Rich Wilkerson Jr. joins us live from the Holy Land for a special Christmas presentation in this message, A Reason to Celebrate. The birth of Jesus has always been a radical reminder that in the midst of the wilderness, God fulfills His promise. Wherever you may find yourself today, we have this hope. When we couldn't get to God, He came to us. For this good news, we have a reason to celebrate. As we conclude 2022, we're taking time to rest and reflect on the past year. Tune into VU Church Online Sunday, January 1st for a year in review. Visit vuchurch.com slash home to watch. Now let's lean into the message together. Well, hey, Merry Christmas, Vu. We are so excited that you are tuning in today for Church Online. My name is Rich, and this is my wife, Dawn Cherie. And with me up on this stage today, we have our team. And if you can't tell, we're not in Miami on this Christmas, but this is a special Christmas because we are here in the Holy Land. We are in Israel. How are we doing, guys? We feeling good? We've so enjoyed being able to walk together where Jesus walked and being reminded every step of the gift that we have in the presence of God. And today on Christmas, we celebrate the gift of Jesus. Isaiah, he prophesied that those who walked in darkness, they saw a great light. You know what that great light is? It's the birth of the Messiah, of Jesus. Isaiah said, for unto us, a child is born. And when I think about the gift of a baby, it's a miracle because only God can give life. None of us can manufacture life. Life is a gift from our Creator. You know, on our journey, we've been together for 20 years now, married for 16 years. We walked through eight years of infertility, asking God for a baby. And eight years, you know, it it seemed like a long time, but not in the scope of history. God brought a miracle in our lives. His name is Wyatt Wesley Wilkerson, and he's brought joy to our lives. But when we celebrate the gift of Jesus, it's not just the birth of any child. It's the birth of the Messiah that for 4,000 years, all of history was groaning for hope, for peace. For the holidays, you know, today may not be a happy day in your home. You may be grieving. You may feel like you're in a place of darkness, but right there where you are, the words of Isaiah ring true to you, that those who walk in darkness, there is a great light because the miracle of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, it changes everything. And today we celebrate with you. We're a part of a big family. You know, we were at the Jordan River where Jesus was baptized. And it was amazing because on our left and our right, there were people speaking different languages from different cultures all around the world. And yet we were all there for the same reason, because the birth of Jesus, the cross and the resurrection, it's changed our lives and it's changed eternity for all of us. We're a part of a big family. And together we welcome you today as we celebrate. 
And that's what we're doing. We're celebrating. And right now, wherever you're at, why don't you tell some people, uh, maybe text some people right now, tell them to tune in to Voo Church right there on YouTube. In fact, in the chat right now, why don't you just say Merry Christmas. Today as a church, we're not gathering physically, but we are bringing to you this special content that I believe is gonna encourage you. I think it's gonna uplift you as we're reminded of the birth of Jesus. And today is really special because it's not just Don Shree and I up here, but man, we've got some of our team, some of our pastors. We've been here for about 10 days, just enjoying uh, this city. But if you can see, I got actually, we actually have our children with us. Wyatt, get over here. Wyatt, get over here. I think Waylon's around here somewhere. She keeps crying on set. Maybe Valley can bring her over here as he well. He pulled his sleeves in. He's cold. How are we doing, boys? We got our boys. How are we doing? This is, this is, this is Wyatt Wesley, and this is my son, Wild. Okay, Wyatt, let's, let's wonder right now. What, what do you want for Christmas? want nothing? Wow, wow, wow. What are you hoping's under the tree? No. You don't know? You haven't thought about it? All right, Wild, what do you want for Christmas? Um, a Sonic. A Sonic. You want a Sonic. Wow. Yeah. I'm a dragon. You a dragon? Okay, that's not really Christmas material stuff, but we'll we'll talk about that off camera, son. Uh Waylon, what do you want, baby girl? What do you want, girlfriend? She wants to walk. She's really close to walking. A Hulk. Okay, a Hulk? so we, we've got very, very spiritual desires here. Sonic, a dragon, and Hulk. And yes, the other day we were at the Jordan River, which was absolutely incredible. We got to baptize all of our team. Most of us have all been baptized, but man, when you're right there in the Jordan River, the place where Jesus was baptized, I think all of us were saying, you know what, we want to we wanna really solidify this moment as we are committed to the calling. But uh, someone told me that Waylon actually took, I think it was Dakota who had her going, or Chris, without me even there, they got her walking seven, seven. Seven, the biblical number. She took seven steps at the Jordan River, which was pretty cool. So special. And not not just our kids, Don Tree, but we've also got our parents here. Your yes. mom is with us. How Hello, are mom. you, mom? Here's mom back here. Can you say hello to everybody? This is incredible. Hello. <laughs> I love it. And then back over here, we've got my parents. Come on, give these guys a big round of applause. There would be no Voo Church if it wasn't for Pastor Rich and Robin. And one of the really special things, Dad, was that um, you actually gave me the honor. It was quite humbling, actually, that you asked me to baptize you. But then um, you baptized me as well. Maybe just share a little bit from that experience. Yeah, well, uh, I got to say that uh, I've been baptized in the Jordan River before. But when I knew we were coming here, I thought, oh man, if my son could baptize me. And I gotta tell you, I cried like a little baby. Uh, I just felt the presence of the Lord, but for you to be baptizing me, and then at the end you said, hey dad, would you baptize me? I just, is one of the highlights of my life. Uh, and I can't thank God enough. You gotta love my dad because my dad, he he gets the attention of everybody at the Jordan River when they baptize me. And so I look up and there's a grandstand of people, not just from our group, but like everyone that was there was reaching their hands towards me, praying over me. It was definitely a special moment. And then mom, you actually shared a really cool story with Don Cherie about how you were baptized by your yeah. dad. Tell that story. Yeah, my dad, Fulton Buntain, um, 40 years ago, baptized me at that spot, the same place. And then years later, we came and dad, Rich, my husband, baptized me. And then here on this trip, my daughter and son baptized me again. Wow, it is a gift. 
And I'm so grateful. And I just say to people, like Don Cherie said, Merry Christmas, because a child is born. Amen. Good things are happening. Amen. Come on, can we put our hands together? I think it's absolutely special. All right, boys, um, we're going to do Christmas presents in just a little bit, but in order to get presents, you've got to actually be quiet while dad preaches. And so go sit next to Uncle Adrian, AKA Pastor Adrian. And uh, we're going to sit down and then Waylon's going to go with valet. There she goes. Oh, she's sad. God bless you, my daughter. She's going off into the distance. And um, uh, let's go to Luke chapter two. In fact, I'm going to ask Nick Del Vento. Nick, why don't we have you read Luke chapter two. We're going to start in verse eight. Maybe we can pass that microphone over to Nick Donchery. And uh, he's going to actually read our scripture. I think Jamila is going to pull it. And I just want to take a few moments today on Christmas Sunday. How cool is it that this year Christmas is landing on a Sunday, the day that we celebrate, we're reminded of the birth of Jesus. And um, I know this time together has been so beautiful. And I believe there's going to be great fruit uh, out of our trip here as we get new perspectives, new aspects of who Jesus is. But today, the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Why don't you read uh, 8 through 14, Nick, and then I'm going to share a few thoughts. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying this, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. It's beautiful. The translation that I'm reading from says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And today on this Christmas Sunday, I, I want to preach a message right there to you at your homes, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're at vootchurch.com, maybe you're listening to this playback on podcasts. I want to preach today from the thought, a reason to celebrate, a reason to celebrate. If uh, we've ever had a reason to celebrate, it is the day that we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Somebody said, amen. It's funny because uh, we asked one of our good friends, our new friend, I think he is a is, is, is a family member now of Vu. Some of you who are part of our community, you're looking at everyone, you're saying, I see Blair and Dakota, I know Nick and Jerry, and I see Luke over there. By the way, we put our hands together for Vu Worship, doing a great job. I'm so happy that we're here getting to sing some of our songs and even getting to worship right here in Israel. But maybe you recognize a bunch of our team and faces up here, but there is one face that you might not recognize. And this is our new family friend. This is Moshi sitting here. Maybe we can get a camera on him, Oliver, wherever you are. But uh, Moshi has been our tour guide really the last uh, eight to 10 days. And everywhere that we go, Moshi has been revealing the text in brand new ways. And so I said, as I, as I preach from Israel, uh, I want to get an expert up on the stage with me, just in case anything I say that isn't true or correct, we can just point right there at Moshi. But we honor you. Thank you for spending time with us. And thank you for 
Thank you for teaching us. We're all going back, I believe, better ministers and hopefully better preachers uh, because of you. And we've been here, man, just in the land. And there's something about coming to Israel that all of a sudden you start to walk in the same places that Jesus walked, that you start getting a fresh revelation, a new viewpoint of who he is. In fact, I think that's what good preaching does. Good preaching should reveal Jesus. We ought to get done hearing sermons and be more in love, more drawn to him. The scripture says, as we draw close to Christ, he draws close to us. And so as we lead our community, we want to be preaching in a way that leaves you wanting more. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And we've been all over the place. Uh, Some of my favorite spots that we were in is we got to spend three days in Galilee. And right there on the Sea of Galilee, uh, we took a, a boat ride out onto the, onto the lake where Jesus walked on the water. And man, we had a time of worship together as a team. Uh, one morning, all of us, except my wife, except for Manushka and the parents, they don't, they don't get criticized, but we're going to come at Don Cherie and Manu. Oh, and the Deventos. The rest of us, God fearers, got up early in the morning, 4.45 in the morning, and we climbed up Mount Arbel. Uh, which is in the area of Galilee that many actually believe that this was the place that he would get away alone on a mountainside to pray. Many even think that this might've been the mountain that he sees the disciples down on that lake in the midst of a storm. And he leaves that mountainside and he goes and he walks on water to them. I mean, we hiked it, we climbed it. Moshe had us doing all sorts of rock climbing. It, 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 was, it was not normal for any of us city people, uh, but we got through, we got to the top and there we looked down and it was just a breathtaking place. We went to Nazareth and we saw the areas of where Jesus grew up. We were in Capernaum, uh, the headquarters of really where Jesus' ministry began to spread. Uh, We went to the Jordan River, as we mentioned. We were baptized. We went to the Dead Sea. Wow, we were all covered in mud. I think we all had our, you know, Dead Sea spa treatment. It was just the best time. But more importantly than any of those things, What we're learning is that these places in and of themselves are not holy, but rather it's the story told from this place that is holy. See, right here, as we're reading today from Luke chapter two, we're seeing that angels show up and they appear to shepherds. Where did they appear, these shepherds? In the area, in the wilderness, in the, the place where the shepherds were at in Bethlehem. It was right here in this region. And they come with good news. Today, a child is being born in Bethlehem. Do not fear, do not be afraid. And as it's happening, all of the angels, a great multitude of angels show up and they begin to sing and they begin to celebrate and they begin to party. (laughs) Why? Because the birth of Jesus is the great reason that no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're facing, regardless of the obstacle, regardless of the pain, regardless of the loss, we have a reason to celebrate because Jesus Christ was born. And it's his birth that allows us to be born again. On this Christmas Sunday, it's not just about the tree and the presence under the tree. It's not just about the stockings and what you're gonna eat. It's about taking time to reflect. I have a reason to celebrate. Every one of these places, Moshi has been revealing new aspects and new ways of us seeing Jesus. One of my favorite places that we went to was we went to Jaffa, uh, the port of Jaffa where really this is the oldest port in the world. This is the same port that Jonah was at when he is called to go to the Ninevites to preach repentance. Remember Jonah? I've 
I'm guilty of being like Jonah. He says, I don't want to go. And he gets on a boat headed in the opposite direction. What's powerful is that this is the same place that Peter, he gets a vision where he sees all of the different animals coming out of the sky. And it's a call for Peter in the New Testament to go and begin to preach to the Gentiles. What I love is, is that when I'm there in Jaffa, not a holy place, but a holy story, a story about a God who's saying in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, right here at this port, what I want you to see is I've always had a heart to reconcile myself to my people. I have a reason to celebrate that God, he came to me. When I couldn't get to him, praise God, Jesus, he came to me. Behold, a child is born, glory in the highest. He's come to bring us peace. And today, as I'm thinking about Christmas and as we read the Christmas story, and I think about Jesus coming to us in the form of a little baby, there's three things today about why I believe he came. Three reasons why we can celebrate, why we should celebrate. Three reasons today that we find great hope no matter what we're facing. I love how Don Shree was just mentioning that for many of us on Christmas, we know that this is oftentimes a reminder of what's missing. Maybe right now as you're watching this message, uh, there's someone on your couch or someone around your dinner table uh, that's missing, that they were there last year, but they're gone now. Maybe it was a divorce. Maybe it's a prodigal. Maybe it's death. Maybe it's grief. It's loss. And in moments of great loss and great pain and great struggle, we go back to this story, the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus that gives us hope. So why did he come? Why did he come? Why were they partying in that field in Bethlehem? Why were the angels showing up, celebrating, modeling for you and I that we too can praise God and worship? Lots of reasons. Let me give you three today. The first reason why Jesus came is he came to love. Someone say he came to love. I think this is so important that we just remind ourselves of the simple gospel message on this Christmas. John chapter three, verse 16, uh, long before Tim Tebow made it famous, it's always been a powerful verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Why did Jesus come? He came to love. The father looked down upon you and I and says, I love you so much that I'm going to send my only begotten son. Now up on this stage, we're missing one. Oh, Wild is still with us. Both these guys are here. I have Wyatt Wesley and Wild Wesley. Now, I can't think of anything in the world that I would love so much. I can't think of a person that I love so much, a thing that I love so much that I would be willing to give one of these boys in exchange. What God wants you to see from this verse is that God loves you so much. He was willing to give Jesus for you. That's why on this Christmas, if you're wondering, am I valuable? Am I worth it? God says, you're worth Jesus to me. So Jesus came to love us. I think we just have to get that today, that it's so important how you see God on this Christmas. Do you think God is just up in heaven, disengaged, not watching you, not invested into you, not interested in you? Or do you see a loving God, a merciful God, a God who says, I love you so much that I gave my only begotten son for you. Jesus came on this earth to love us, to show us the way of love. 
It's amazing because first John says, God is love. Now it's important that you notice the order of that sentence. God is love. And it's not love is God. Meaning we're not going and finding our own definition of love. What feels like love, what looks like love, what I think is love. And then go, oh, that's God. No, it's the opposite. We go and we discover God. And in discovering God, we find the definition of love. God is love. If it's not God, it's not love. God gives us a pretty beautiful description of what love is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. So if this is the definition of love, that's who God is. We know that as Jesus was sent to this earth and as he came and why we're celebrating, we're celebrating because we have a walking, talking definition of love. That Jesus is kind. Jesus is, anybody grateful Jesus is patient? I'm just so thankful in a God who does not give me the wrath that I deserve, but rather he's slow to anger. Why? Because he's full of love. He is love. And, and Jesus, he, he came to love us. He came to show us the way of love. He said, look to me, I'm born. Today you can celebrate because I came to love you, but I didn't just come to love you. I came to show you how to love others. This is how we learn to work with our families. This is how we learn to love our fellow man in our church and our community is the way of Jesus, the model of Jesus. He is the picture and the definition of love. Jesus is love. One of the days we were traveling, we, we found ourselves on the shore where Peter more than likely was restored. And I, I love Peter because I, I relate a lot to Peter. Uh, I'm kind of known to put my foot in my mouth and I'm a little bit at times ambitious and I'm excited but Jesus, he had this unique love with Peter. And, and Peter, when he's first called, he's called on the seashore of Galilee. And it's a beautiful story. I was trying to tell Wyatt the other day. He said, I've seen that before in Superbook. He likes to watch the Superbook cartoon. And so some of the Bible stories, he was like, I already know that dad, but Peter is called after a, a miraculous catch. Jesus says, uh, cast your net on the other side because Peter was unable to catch any fish. And all of a sudden, as he puts his net on the other side, the nets are breaking apart. And so when Peter comes, he's got a full catch. His business is thriving. And what does Jesus challenge him with? He says, Simon, or he says, Simon, son of Jonah, come follow me, leave your nets. What's he saying? He's saying, leave everything, give up your business, give up the greatest catch of your life to come and follow me. And Peter, he does so. We remember in Caesarea Philippi, we went there to the place where Jesus says, I'm giving you the keys. He says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. I mean, we saw that moment. And what's powerful as you study the life of Peter, he's originally called Simon, son of Jonah. And then after that moment that Jesus gives him the keys, he's known as Peter, the rock, the one who's bold and strong. But remember when Jesus goes to the cross, Peter, he denies Jesus three times. Meaning he makes a mistake. He, he sinned, he, he messed up. Three different times he sins. But after Jesus resurrects, 
we went to the beach where more than likely it happened. Jesus makes him breakfast on the beach. And there he looks back at Peter. It's the second time he, he calls him Simon, son of Jonah, three times in a row. Moshe was telling us the other day, he's probably doing this in many ways because Peter had gotten so puffed up with himself that he's taking him back to his origin story saying, I loved you when you were just a fisherman. You don't have to be something more for me. I know who you really are. You are Simon, son of Jonah. But what does he ask Peter three times in a row? He says, do you love me? I believe he asked him three times because he had sinned three times in a particular way where he had betrayed Jesus. And now Jesus is saying, I'm giving you the opportunity that you don't have to walk in shame. You don't have to walk in guilt for every time you made a mistake. I'm gonna give you that same opportunity to reconfirm your love for me. Why? Because Jesus said, I love you and I forgive you, but it's my love that empowers you to love me back not just to love me back, but to love others. If you love me, show it to someone else. We have a reason to celebrate today because Jesus came and he came to love. If you believe it, somebody said amen. amen. He didn't just come to love, he also came to fulfill. We have a reason to celebrate today because Jesus came to fulfill. Look at what he says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. It says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. This is really, really good news for us today. This is a good reason for us to celebrate. Because Jesus says, I didn't come to abolish the law or the prophets, I came to fulfill them. Why? Because on your best day, if Peter who walked with Jesus betrayed him and fell short, how much more will you and I at times fall short? He said, I came to fulfill it because on your best day, you never ever could. And we celebrate today at the birth of Jesus, the one who came to us to fulfill the law and the prophecies. Because no matter how hard I try, no matter how much I strive, I could never do it. I could never ever close the gap. I'm too far from God. So God came to me. Notice he says, I, I came to fulfill the law and the prophecies. See, I think the first thing that we should note is that he came to fulfill some prophecies. There's hundreds and hundreds of messianic prophecies, which we have been hearing about being here in Israel. In fact, it's close to some 400 prophecies that Jesus has already fulfilled. Now, if you were to go to like a mathematician and ask the probability of that, that alone is miraculous. That alone is good apologetics as why we should believe in Jesus because he's fulfilled hundreds of prophecies, things that were written hundreds and thousands of years before his birth. Did you know it was prophesied that he would be born in Bethlehem? What's amazing, if we're really gonna be honest, is that there's a whole lot of people in the world today that are still waiting for a Messiah. But we went to the West Bank do you know that in Bethlehem today, Jews aren't even allowed into Bethlehem? Meaning there's people that are waiting today for a, a Messiah to be born in Bethlehem in a place where Jews are not even allowed to come into it. Not only that, whoever that Messiah is, they're gonna have to prove that he's from the house of David. There's no way to even prove something of that status today. No, this is 
cause for us to celebrate that the Messiah has already come, that like the angels, we can join the chorus of heaven, that out in the shepherd fields, we too can praise God and celebrate because he's come. He's fulfilled the prophecies. He didn't just fulfill the prophecies, he fulfilled the law, which I think just being over here, you've just got to come because I think many times in our evangelical sort of 2022 2023, we're coming up on 2023 next week, our, our ways, many times we can read some of Jesus's words. I'm thinking about Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burden. Many times we preach that from the American perspective, which is, hey, if you've sinned and you got shame and you're feeling bad about yourself, and if you're tired and if you've got mental health issues, come to Jesus, uh, he, he, he will give you rest. And don't get me wrong, that's a good application, but that's not the full application. No, Jesus was speaking that day to a group of people who were carrying the weight of the law. The law is heavy. Read Leviticus, read the book of Numbers, read Deuteronomy and discover the stories. And what Moshe's been telling us over and over again is that what happened with the law was that it wasn't just God's law, which is good and beautiful. You think about the Jewish people, the most oppressed people on the planet, but they're still thriving today. Why? Because they kept the law and the law kept them. The law in itself is not bad. It's what man does to the law that rabbis and teachers started adding to the law and started creating all sorts of extracurricular activities that are not even in the Torah. By the time that Jesus shows up on the scene, they had some 600 additional commandments attached to the law. So imagine these people are oppressed and they have the burden. Am I measuring up? Am I doing a good enough job? Is God mad at me? Does God love me? But here Jesus comes in the form of a baby to say, I've come to show you what love looks like, but I also came to fulfill the law that you could never ever fulfill. So come to me and I will give you rest. One of my favorite places that we went to was Mount Hermon, which I've preached about Mount Hermon before to our church. It's the highest point in Israel. It's a mountain. Now I've preached it's a mountain, but I didn't realize it's like a literal mountain. Like we took a, a, a gondola, like a, like a ski lift. People ski on Mount Hermon, bro. And we came up here something like 10,000 feet above sea level. And all of us on top of it, we did a, a really simple devotion because it's at Mount Hermon, if you can remember, that Jesus transfigures that Jesus reveals to, to Peter, James, and John who he really is. He, he shows his divinity. His divinity shows up and that his, his face is so bright and his clothes turn absolutely white. And they see Jesus in all of his glory and all of his splendor. And what happens on top of Mount Hermon? There, the scripture says that Moses and Elijah show up. Why do Moses and Elijah show up? because Moses represents the law and Elijah represents the greatest prophet. So you've got the law and you've got the prophecies. Moses is the law giver. Elijah is the law restorer. That's what prophets did. They were calling people back. They were, they were representing God to the people. But there in the middle is Jesus. And it's a beautiful moment, right? 
Because Peter sees this, he's like, whoa, I've been hearing my entire life about the prophets and about the law. And now I'm looking at the two greatest men who ever came. But as he looks at it, he's like, this is awesome that we're here. Let me build a shelter for you, Moses, and a shelter for you, Jesus, and a shelter for you, Elijah. In many ways, he's trying to put them on the same playing field. But as he's doing it, the heaven opens up and the voice of God speaks out for the second time in Mark's gospel. And it says, this is my son whom I love and I am well pleased. And he says, listen to him. And as this voice is speaking, Moses and Elijah disappear and it's just Jesus. Because Jesus is not on the same playing field as Moses or Elijah. Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is better than Elijah. He fulfilled the law and the prophecy. And in Jesus, we have everything we need. And he came to fulfill. He came to fulfill. And I love it because in all three synoptic gospels, we have that story on Mount Hermon. I think it's in Matthew's gospel that Jesus, after, after God speaks and says, this is my son. By the way, twice in scripture, do we hear the voice of heaven? First time is at Jesus's baptism. We were all there in the Jordan River. You know, the Jordan River is right next to the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is the lowest place on earth. And Mount Hermon is the highest place in Israel. And from the lowest place on earth to the highest place in Israel, the voice of the Father is the same. This is my son whom I love and I'm well pleased. And see, when you put your trust in Jesus, this is what the Father says about your life. That in your lowest moment of shame, in your lowest moment of struggle, in your heartache and in your pain, the Father still says, because of Jesus, I love you and I'm well pleased with you. When you're doing great and you're on the high mountaintop, the Father speaks over your life. I love you and I'm for you. Why? Because Jesus fulfilled some stuff. And what does Jesus say in Matthew's gospel? Listen to him, that God says, listen to him. And Jesus, he says, get up to the disciples. And he says, fear not. See, because of Jesus, the reason why we can celebrate today, the reason why I'm celebrating his birth today is because he fulfilled, I don't have to fear God because my righteousness is found in Jesus alone. I bring pleasure to the Father because of Jesus from the low moments to the high moments. He came to love, he came to fulfill. And lastly, he came to save. He came to save. This is why we're celebrating. This is what we're remembering as we're here in the Holy Land. A savior was born, not just a teacher, not just a healer, a savior. John chapter three, verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. See, the reason why the angels said, fear not, the reason why the angels showed up to those shepherds is because they were announcing that God has sent his only son in the form of a little baby in a manger. You're gonna find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger in Bethlehem, but he's come to bring peace because he's come to save your soul. And just like that God in the Old Testament who was calling Jonah to go to Nineveh, to leave the port of Jaffa and go to these people outside of the bloodline, He's always been telling a story of saying, I want to reconcile you. You are all called to be my people. We are in the Holy Land. We are in the place where God's story begins. We are in the place that 
God says, these are my chosen people, the Israelites. What's cool is we're up at this beautiful setting today and behind me is Jerusalem. And as we look back, the, the old city is there. And then right beneath the old city is the city of David. It's where David ruled and reigned and his kingdom began. But it's fascinating because what we know about David is David was from a town called Bethlehem. And we know that Jesus Christ, born in Bethlehem, comes from the house of David. But you got to go back even to David's great-grandparents. Some of you remember the story. His great-grandparents are Ruth and Boaz. And guess where Ruth and Boaz are from? Bethlehem. And it's in Bethlehem that Ruth, a Moabite, a woman who lived on the other side, she was not an Israelite. She wasn't one of God's chosen people. She worshiped pagan gods. But a woman by the name of Naomi, her and her husband left Israel because of a famine. And as they crossed over into that area, their sons married women, Orpah and Ruth. But all the men died and all that was left was Naomi and Ruth. And Naomi said, I'm gonna go back to my people. I'm gonna go back to the kingdom of God. I'm gonna go back to where I am from. And Ruth says, well, I married your boy. And so I've chosen you, you are my family. And Naomi actually pleads with her and says, don't follow me, don't come with me. But you know that little phrase in Ruth. She says, no, I'm going with you. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Where you die, I will die. Where you live, I will live. She's making a conscious commitment. I'm choosing you. I wasn't born with the same blood. I wasn't born in your hometown. I'm a Moabite, but I'm gonna follow you back to your home. And it's out in the fields of Bethlehem during the season of Pentecost, the harvest season, that Boaz sees Ruth and he chooses Ruth and they are married. And from the line of Ruth comes David, the shepherd boy who's called out of the fields of Bethlehem and becomes the great king of Israel who builds his kingdom right here outside of Jerusalem. But from the house of David is born in Bethlehem, a savior named Jesus. And it's in these fields where these shepherds are at in Luke chapter two, that the angels show up again from Ruth to David to Jesus. But how many you know, we don't get Jesus without this story of Ruth. And the story of Ruth is of a woman who's on the outside, a woman who's not born here in Israel, a woman who doesn't have the right blood, but because of the blood of Jesus, which was shed right outside here on Calvary's Hill. His blood was spilled so that you and I could be bought into the bloodline, that we could be grafted in, that we too could be sons and daughters of Abraham. Even though we were born wrong, Jesus came to save us. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't be taught into the kingdom of God. I had to be saved. He came to save you and he came to save me. And we have a reason to celebrate. We have a reason to celebrate. I wanna be like Ruth. Jesus, I'll follow you. Wherever you go, your people are my people. That's what the church is. Where you walk, I wanna walk. The way you talk is the way I wanna talk. If you said it, I believe it on this Christmas Sunday. And really the way that we were saved, if we can all be honest, 
is that Jesus Christ, he had to sacrifice his life. When I think about the fulfillment, it's not just the law and the prophecies, it's that Jesus, well, he fulfilled the sacrifice because before Jesus, it was lambs that had to be sacrificed over and over and over again. Every year, right back here in this temple, but it was never God's heart. You know that sacrifices began after Moses was up on Mount Sinai, they came down and they had created a golden calf and they were worshiping it. I wonder if God said, you know what? We're gonna start having blood sacrifices because my people that I've created, I've given them free will, but they've chosen a physical thing rather than the creator himself. And if they've made a golden calf, you know what? Every year they're gonna kill some cows <laughs> to be reminded that those things are not the thing that will save them. They have to give that up once again to be reminded that I'm the one who wants to save them. That's why Hosea said, for I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burn offerings. But for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, they go through the sacrifices. Why? Because God's telling a big story and it's the story of Jesus that Jesus would come to a hill right outside of here called Calvary. And he'd be stretched wide, hung high, nails in his hands, nails in his feet. John said, the lamb of God who was slain since the foundations of the world, who came to take away our sins. That they would understand that there was one whose blood would bring them into the fold. He had to die so that we could find life. Every night I say prayers with Wyatt and I'm teaching him how to pray right now. He'll go through his prayers. He'll say, thank you, God, for mommy and daddy. And thank you for Wild. And thank you for Waylon. Thank you for Poppy and Gigi and Pop and Zaza. Thank you for Uncle D. Thank you for Dez. Somehow Dez, who doesn't even live anywhere in our geography has become his favorite uncle. But towards the end of his prayer, he always go, and God, I don't want to go to heaven. And I thought, what in the world? And was like, yeah, I tried to let him have his own relationship with God. And so I just let him pray. But after the third time of hearing this, I said, why, why, why do you keep saying, I don't want to go to heaven? And he said, well, dad, you have to die to go to heaven, don't you? I said, son, yeah, you, you do, you're right. How many know that so many of us, we all want to go to heaven, but we don't want to die. You see, Jesus, he said, I wanna bring you into heaven. I wanna bring you into life, but in order to find real life, you have to lose your life. And I'll go first. I'll give my life. I'll give my life so that you can find salvation. I want to save you. He is the atoning sacrifice of our sins. And friends, this deep truth and this deep conviction, this doctrine of our soul is what anchors us in times of pain, loss, and struggle. We are reminded that we have the joy of salvation, that because Jesus died, I can actually live. Because Jesus went and stole the keys of death, hell, and the grave, because he walked through hell, I'm going to get to walk into heaven. I've got a reason to celebrate. And you have a reason to celebrate. He's been born. And today we're saying happy birthday because it's not just his birth, it's our rebirth. That salvation has come to all of us. And wherever you're at today, watching online, YouTube, listening to the podcast, maybe just for a moment, right in your own setting, would you just close your eyes and would you just bow your heads? I wanna pray with you today. I wanna pray with you today. I'm gonna ask Don Cherie to come up and before she prays over you, I wonder, do you know Jesus? Have you met Jesus? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? How amazing is it with Jerusalem behind me that I'm getting to offer you the gospel message? 
Jesus, that I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. And it starts by you recognizing that you need a savior. You celebrating the simple fact that he came to save. He came to save. So if that's you right now, say, that's me, Rich, that's me. I wanna give my life to Jesus. I recognize my sin, my shame, but I'm grateful for the one who came to love me and show me how to love. I'm grateful for the one who came to fulfill what I never could. And I'm grateful for the one who came to save me. If that's you right there at your home, just pray this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I believe that you are who you said that you are. Take all my sin. I repent. I don't want it anymore. And I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness. I love you, Jesus. I believe you are who you said that you are. Thank you for being born so that I could finally discover real life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we celebrate those that just prayed that prayer even right now? Just believe that God's doing something and it's Christmas. And I just want to take a moment. I want to Don Shereen. Our team is here. From our families to your family, we want you to know that we're praying for you and that we're standing in the gap with you. Church is not a place, it's a people, it's a community. And with our leaders up on this stage, I want you to know that you've got men and women of God that are standing in the gap, that today we're not just thinking about our family, we're thinking about our family, if you know what I mean. We're thinking about you, Vu. And I just want to Don Shree today, we're all going to reach our hands towards you today, but right there in your home, maybe just lift your hands, maybe just get in a posture to receive. And Don Shree is going to pray a prayer of blessing over you and your family. Jesus, together we say thank you. Thank you for being willing to give your life a cost that none of us could even begin to imagine or grasp, but you did it. Lord, you walked this earth. You gave everything down to your last breath, Lord, because of love in your heart for every single one of us. And God, let your love come alive like never before, deep within our hearts today. Let us awaken to a joy that is unspeakable, Lord, a strength because you came to save us. Holy Spirit, you walk with us moment by moment. You lead us, you guide us. And I thank you, Lord, for every person watching, every individual that maybe as they started, Lord, watching today, they felt alone. I pray that in this moment, they would yes. be reminded they are not alone. Yes. Lord, that you are with them, yes. that they are a part of a community, God, that you will you will complete the work that you've started in their lives. God, I pray for families that are, are walking through difficult circumstances yes. today. I thank you, God, that, that you are with them today. Fill their home yes. with peace, your shalom, Lord, that nothing would be yes, missing, God. nothing would be broken, the wholeness that comes from you. Lord, we thank you that you are a wonderful counselor. Yes. You're a mighty God, your everlasting Father. You are the Prince of Peace. God, you're the greatest gift that's ever been given to the earth and we get to know you personally. So today for those that maybe haven't talked to you in a while, God, I pray that the conversation would yes. pick up once again today. God, I pray that hearts would be poured out before you, Lord, that we would trust you like never before, that we would surrender every area of our lives, Lord, so that we have a real relationship with you. And we say thank you. We celebrate your birth. 
We celebrate your sacrifice and we celebrate new life in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, and all of you said? Amen. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. It's beautiful, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. We love you so much, Vu Church. We're so grateful for you and we are thinking about you on this day. Today, you have a good reason to celebrate. Call a friend, get with family and celebrate the birth of Jesus. He came to love, he came to fulfill and he came to save. And so we say Merry Christmas to you. Next Sunday is our Sabbath Sunday. Make sure you join us right back here online because we've got something special prepared for you. And then as we step into the month of January, friends, I'm telling you what, we're believing that 2023 is gonna be our greatest year yet. We've got vision in front of us. God is working. If God is for us, who can be against us? We've got a reason to continue to move forward in the name of Jesus. We've got the greatest story to tell and we declare the best is yet, yet to, to come. come. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We love you. We love y'all. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present, and I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we wanna partner with you in the next steps of your faith journey. Go to voochurch.com slash online. We love you.